another Friday, Friday, whatever you want to call this day of the week edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad, Andrew Gillis, and Mike Nislik here with you to wrap up the week and to wrap up the month of March. It is March 31st, hard to believe, but time is flying. We're getting closer to the draft. and We're going to have a lot of fun with this podcast today. Before we get to all the draft stuff in the month of April, I want to have some fun today. We've talked a lot about this before the Bengals played the Chiefs in December and then back in January in the playoffs. And I want to revisit this again because I think it's a good time, and I'll say why it's a good time. But I want to revisit the Bengals-Chiefs rivalry, which has become one of the most exciting and interesting uh, rivalries in the NFL. Um, and really, before we kind of get into uh, just the optics and the layout of this rivalry, I just really want to ask your all's take on this. I mean, when you think about a good NFL rivalry, like what are the best components that make an NFL rivalry a really good, exciting rivalry to watch? Well, I think in today's day and age with, with I, it's, I think it's more than just the NFL, but I think in today's day and age with free agency and how much player movement there is, um, you really need one or two or three or five, like you need a, a small group of central figures that are going to be there for a long time just because, I mean, you think back to back in the day where, you know, you had like, you know, Redskins, Cowboys. I mean, that was the preeminent rivalry in, in the NFL. And it was, it was a legitimate hatred. Like those two teams hated each other because they would never play one another uh, or they would always play one another and they would never play for the other team. And now that's kind of different. I mean, Orlando Brown just signed here in Cincinnati. Like it's a different, it's a different dynamic. So I think uh, in today's day and age, you're obviously still going to have the historical ones, but um, you know, you need, two, three, however many you want to say, a small group of central people. It could be the coaches. It could be a lot of group of people, but you need a consistency on, on both ends and you need them to play in high profile games. And uh, I mean, we've kind of had that with the Bengals and the Chiefs here over these last couple of years. Well, longevity, I think is part of that too. Um, you know, two, two years of matchups, um, you know, makes it kind of a, you know, heated back and forth. But, I mean, if they don't play again, I know they have the regular season matchup, but if they don't match up in the playoffs again for their five years or something, I mean, it's not much of a rivalry, right? So um, I think it needs uh, longevity to have sort of any sort of staying power. Like, you know, you talk about the Colts in New England. Uh, that's kind of a perfect example. And, you know, I know comparisons have been made to that with Manning and, and Brady with Mahomes and, and um, Burrow. But, um, you know, they faced off so many times in those high-profile games. It was over a number of years. It wasn't just uh, twice and then never again. You know, I, th- I think you need um, for it to happen quite a bit uh, for it to really resonate outside of the cities too. I think that's something that's important that it just can't, you know, it can't be in your city that there's a rivalry. If, if, for a real rivalry, um, it goes beyond those borders. So that makes me want to get into my next question, which is going into this specific Bengals-Chiefs rivalry. Where we are right now, March 31st, 2023, is Bengals-Chiefs the best rivalry in the NFL right now? Why or why not, gentlemen? What do you think? No, uh, I would. I mean, I, I think always the divisional rivalries are going to take precedence, and I don't think it's like I said, it's been established enough to even come close to being something of that magnitude. Um, you know, I, I still think the hatred is there for the you know Browns here or Steelers more so than um, 
the Chiefs. I mean, I think you're keeping an eye on them for the postseason and things like that. But I think your your natural rivalries are always going to be the most heated. Um, and this, I don't think this comes close locally, and I don't think it comes close nationally to something that sort of resonates uh, across the league. Yeah, you know, I think you can kind of look at this. I I think Mike is right because you can look at this in a couple of different ways. Like Mike said, I think, you know, with the divisional rivalries, like it's hard to match the intensity of, you know, Baltimore-Pittsburgh or, you know, Dallas-Philly. Like there there are just things that are you're just never going to get to match because, I mean, those two teams are guaranteed to play each other twice a season. Um, now, the, the, the thing that I think could change this, though, is in 2021, obviously, the Bengals hosted the Chiefs, then they played at Arrowhead in the AFC title game. 2022, they hosted the Chiefs, then they played at Arrowhead in the AFC title game. 2023, the Chiefs are on the schedule. 2024, Chiefs are on the schedule. 2025, there's a to-be-determined AFC West opponent on the schedule for the Bengals. So, you know, 2026, a to-be-determined AFC West opponent. 2027, the Chiefs are on the schedule. You can you can kind of map out a, a path here to where the Bengals and Chiefs are going to play each other at least once for, you know, the majority of this decade, and, and that doesn't really count playoff games. So, you know, I think the the more apt comparison here is, is, is this the next Colts-Patriots of kind of the mid-2000s because, you know, that was kind of the one where – you know, they were, they were not division rivals. Um, it felt every year it was, Hey, if the Colts can get the chiefs to, or excuse me, if the Colts can get the Patriots to play in Indy, they have a shot, but you know, the Patriots kind of own that for a while. So that, that's kind of what I think you're talking about. I, I don't think it's going to match the intensity of a divisional rival. I, I just don't know how it can. Andrew, I want to hold on to your point about the Colts Patriots matchup there for a second. Cause you're on to something, but Mike, there's a, point you made I want to ask you about you said that in terms of hatred the Bengals Chiefs rivalry doesn't come close with the Browns locally of course obviously but even beyond that like are you saying a rivalry is more based on like the hatred like do the Bengals and Chiefs just not hate each other the way the Browns and Bengals do or are you thinking about it more from like a fan standpoint when you say hatred uh I think yeah from a fan standpoint that there's a uh, natural inclination to dislike somebody, which is a rivalry, right? I mean, I think that I, I don't necessarily feel that that's, you know, how the fan base feels about the Chiefs versus those three teams in their division. Um, I think you're going to mention the Browns, and, and people are not, cannot, not, you know, they just naturally don't like that team. I, I don't think that that's there right now for the the Chiefs, um, you know, because the Bengals are also 3-1 and one against them. I mean, they lost the most recent game, but um, I just don't think it's, you know, in, in those terms yet, um, you know, and, and frankly, I mean, if there's a one side of the rivalry that has more sort of to say about that, it's the Chiefs. I mean, because the Bengals did the, all the talking last year, um, and, and I don't think the Chiefs really did much, you know, leading up to that game, and Mahomes has kind of, um, you know, stayed above it, and, uh, you know, I just don't get a sense that it's that it's in that sort of stratosphere. Well, I'm trying to find a way to put this. So, but do you think after the AFC Championship, the most recent one, like, do you think that changed, though? Because obviously the Chiefs got the last laugh to wrap up the year. They just won the Super Bowl. The Bengals were in the Super Bowl the year before. Like, do you think maybe now the hatred is starting to pick up to where there is a potential area for debate there? Not really. Uh, Like I said, I think it's got to be, 
you know, the Bengals had won three straight. Uh, they had made the Super Bowl the previous year. I just don't think that, um, you know, one loss is going to push it over something that, uh, you know, you have, what, 60 years of, uh, you know, games to compare it to with, you know, uh, Pittsburgh or uh, Cleveland, you know, and things like that. So I, I just think there's no way to sort of replicate that um, over a two-year span. And before I get back to the point Andrew made about, you know, specifically looking at this like a Colts-Patriots-esque modern rivalry, um, lost my train of thought for a second. Oh, so I guess when you say longevity, how much longer do you have to see – and Andrew, I want your thoughts on this too. This kind of goes to your point. How long do the Bengals and Chiefs have to play each other before we can start talking about this, whether you want to call it a Brady-Manning or a – Colts Patriots rivalry. How how long do we need to get there? I know you laid out the timeline, Andrew, of like the Bengals' future AFC West opponents. But is it two more years? Is it two more playoff games? Like how how do you kind of determine the line for that? Yeah, I don't know if it's a set number. Um, you know, I kind of mentioned that you know the Chiefs are on the schedule in in twenty twenty three, and you know, I, I think most people have have kind of penciled that game or the game that the, the Chiefs are going to play against the Eagles as is their season opener. You know, that, that feels like the Thursday night kickoff to the season. And so I, I don't think it's necessarily the amount of games. I think it's the style of game. Um, I mean, what happens if, I mean, one of these teams, I, I would, you know, kind of looking at the roster construction and kind of what they have, I would kind of say that this feels not likely, but what happens if one of these teams kind of becomes a middling, you know, mediocre team that can sneak in as the seventh seed, and you just get a bunch of two seven matchups. Like you could play that every year. I, I just don't know the intensity is going to be there. Um, you know, you you've got to play it in big time games, and you know that means Sunday night games and Monday night games, and you know divisional playoff games where you know the winner hosts the AFC title. Like you've got to play in big time games. So I, I don't think it's a number. I think it's kind of the moments that you play those games because you know to me I think if you if, if this rivalry is going to build up it's not going to be hey you know, like they, they're going to have to play cons- uh, consistently obviously but it it can't be oh you know they played every year it has to be hey they played every year and this was a great Monday night game that went down to the wire and then the next time they played in the playoffs the other team got them back like it has to be games that matter yeah I think over you know. Um, you know, a lot of uh, years, I think, for it to make a difference, uh, you know, a 10-year span where you're consistently making the, the playoffs. Um, otherwise, like Andrew said, it's just sort of they become meaningless games. Um, you know, I think it helps that, you know, your setup's right because you have Patrick Mahomes and, and Joe Burrow likely going to be there for, the for, for you know, the foreseeable future, but it's going to take time. Um, and especially the way the NFL built, it's not really built like that. You know, like the Rams just completely collapsed within two years of winning the Super Bowl. Um, and they're probably one not of the worst anybody, in North American sports. And they're probably not even going to have many of the faces that were in that Super Bowl game. You know, uh, there's only a handful left. Um, so uh, I think it's really tough to sort of establish yourself like that, like the old Cowboys 49ers where you're playing for the better part of a decade, but I think that's what it takes to sort of resonate and be a real rivalry, not just sort of a, you know, flash in the pan. Flash in the pan, I like that. So, 
obviously, uh, there's a big gap between, like, the divisional rivalries, and I agree with you, especially, like, we talk about the Battle of Ohio. I mean, that actually might be even more exciting, I think, next year because Deshaun Watson's going to be there for a whole year. They tooled up their wide receiver room. They have a new defensive coordinator who won a Super Bowl with the Eagles, Jim Schwartz. So that's going to be exciting to watch, too. And I definitely think you guys make a good point with that. But kind of looking, like, not focusing too much on the Chiefs, but obviously one of the other rivalries that comes up outside of you know Bengals Chiefs is Bills Chiefs I guess like if you're the Chiefs who who's like the tougher or I guess even more exciting rivalry is it with the Bengals or is it with Josh Allen and the Bills because they've had some pretty high profile matchups too including what some people have called the greatest divisional playoff game ever that they played at Arrowhead last year I I mean I guess it's similar like I don't See, I, I, you know, I, I don't define any of them, either of those as rivalries yet, or, you know, I mean, I think they are competing for the top spot in the AFC, but I don't necessarily think that makes them natural rivals. Um, you know, I, I think those three teams right now, because of their quarterbacks, are going to be linked, but I don't necessarily think that makes them necessarily like the, it, rivals in a traditional sense. Yeah, I mean, I think 2022 was kind of the year where where people started to view the Chiefs as rivals in Cincinnati and vice versa. Um, you know, I, 2021, I, I don't think you really kind of got that sense. Um, I mean, teams can play in the regular season and then in the postseason, and I mean, everything's fine. Like, uh, you know, it's just you had, you know, an exciting comeback in Cincinnati in 2021. Bengals won that game. Uh, you had a great game in, in Arrowhead in the, the, I guess technically it would be the 2022 AFC title game where, you know, the Bengals come back and, and win that game in overtime. I mean, that was a really fun game, but this year to me kind of, kind of put it on another, on another level compared to the bills, at least just because, you know, the bills had that obviously great divisional game, but you know, both times these teams have played in the playoffs, it's for a game to go to the Super Bowl. You know, they've gone to overtime this year's game. It came down to, you know, a last second field goal, uh, with, you know, again, you know, a late penalty, like th- there were, there were just different things that played into it that I think, you know, kind of make it a bigger rivalry. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not ready to, you know, I think it, it's obviously premature to say, you know, this is the next, you know, Brady Manning, or this is the next Ravens Steelers or whatever. But I, I, I think this year kind of laid the groundwork to put it on that path. Yeah, I think, you know, that, that's a point that I think everyone can agree on. I think some people might say, oh, it is a rivalry. Some would say, like you, for example, it isn't. But I think we can all agree that, yeah, at the very least, like, this is the year where, like, unless things change and either roster is decimated, we're setting up for what could be potentially the next Brady and Manning or somewhere in that tier. But when we come back, we're going to get a little trash talky with this because of course whether you want to call it a rivalry or not there's been a lot of trash talk between these two teams we're going to rank some of the best trash talk why we think uh some is ranked higher than the others and we're going to talk about next season's regular season game between these two teams when we come back right here on the strictly stripes podcast Hey there, it's Muhammad Ahmad from the Strictly Stripes Podcast. And if you still don't know what Cincinnati Football Insider is, listen up. It's a community of fans who want the inside scoop on the Bengals and a direct connection to the podcast and the reporters who cover the team. Here's how it works. Andrew, Mike, and I will text your phone a few times a day with breaking news, analysis, and our insights on the Bengals. And it's the inside scoop on what we're hearing 
and we're giving you the inside word before it even hits social media. If you join Cincinnati Football Insider, you get to participate on the podcast, and you can text us directly. It's a great way to cut through the clutter of social media for just $4.99 a month. Still not sure? Just try it for two weeks, and if you don't like it, you can text the word STOP at any time, but you won't want to cancel once you join the community of hardcore Bengals fans. So here's how you get on board. Text 513-940-4193 or go to cleveland.com slash Bengals and click on the blue banner at the top of the page. It's a great time to join as we're covering the NFL Draft, OTAs, mini camps, and much more to come later this year. So give us a try for two weeks and see what you think. Just text again the number 513-940-4193. All right, and thanks for staying with us on this uh Rivalry edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast talking about the Bengals, Chiefs, whether you want to call it a rivalry or not, the matchups between these two teams, if we're being specific. And of course, that comes with a lot of trash talk, which really the bulk of it came, you know, before the December regular season game and the AFC championship game, whether it was Justin Reed mixing up Hayden Hurst and T. Higgins and even Tyler Higby, Travis Kelsey calling out Cincinnati's mayor. Mike Hilton saying, see y'all at Burrowhead. Jamar Chase saying, tuna in a can, talking about Justin Reed. I mean, you can go on and on. The neutral ticket sales, which maybe that wasn't specifically towards the Chiefs, but, like, there's a layer to it. So, you know, you got a lot of different trash talk there. I guess for you guys, like, when you think about all the trash talk from the Chiefs side, some of which I mentioned and some of which I didn't mention, some of the things that the Bengals have said, I guess, like, where do you kind of rank the best trash talk that, like, was exciting, I guess, maybe not just covering, but, like, just interesting to see from afar between these two sides. Well, I thought, you know, one of the, the funniest ones, the one that I enjoy. So, I, I, like, I mean, my take on taunting is that I think it's hilarious, and as long as it's not, like, actively harming someone, I, I, I'm all for it. Um, so, like, I thought the Jamar kind of throwing the money at uh, LeJerry Sneed and Justin <laughs> Reed was, was pretty funny. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, like, and, and I mean, after the fact, you know, we were talking to him and, you know, he said it was a hundred percent worth it. I, I would do it again if I knew I couldn't, if I knew I wouldn't get kicked out because of it. Um, I, you know, I thought that that was a pretty good one. Um, you know, some of the other stuff, like the, the Chris Jones one, um, the, the Burrow heads that, you know, you hear, you hear the, you know, Orlando Brown kind of talk about how much that mattered. I, I think it, you almost kind of have to look at it in retrospect because, during during all of this, I mean, it's kind of crazy that you can look back and say, oh, you know, Willie Gay said nothing impressed him about the Bengals offense and, you know, kind of the things that go on because, oh, everybody said, oh, this doesn't bother us, this, that, and the other. But after the fact, you kind of start to get a better understanding of, of kind of what was said and what was going on. So, um, you know, I think you saw that immediately after the game. You mentioned, you know, Juan Thornhill, um, you know, smoking cigars and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, I mean the, the first one that comes to mind and, the one that just I thought was really good was the, uh, you know, the Justin Reed, um, Jamar Chase thing where Jamar was throwing the money at him or pretending, I should say, to throw the money at him. <laughs> yeah. When you say Chris Jones, are you talking about when um, he was at the podium before the yeah, championship? Right. And he said, see all that Burrowhead? When he said that, oh, that was a good one, actually. I should have mentioned that. The way, he, the way he just, like, said it and walked off with that look on his face was like, you just knew, like, he was like this villain ready to just go into hiding and come back out. And, man, he was a villain in that game with the two big sacks he had. Uh, but, Mike, what do you think? Like, does any of it kind of come to mind? Do you rank some of this trash talk over the other? Like, what do you think about all that? Uh, 
I thought the most interesting one was the mayor, uh, just because he had turned his own fan base against him. And that doesn't, that's not easy to do. Um, but everybody <laughs> was sort of angry at him for being, um, uh, stepping in it. Um, and so that's kind of what, um, I sort of, the, the, the memory I'll take from, from that back and forth. Cause the player stuff, that was okay. Uh, but nothing, um, I don't know, too crazy, but, but when you can, um, when you're literally the mayor of a city that's that's going to the AFC Championship game and everyone hates you um, for being, <laughs> you know, doing something stupid, I think that's pretty impressive. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it looked like everyone all over the political spectrum was just going after him, which was funny. But, I mean, in his defense, though, um, after Travis Kelsey called him out on TV when he said, shut your mouth, you jabroni, which... Can't talk about that without mentioning that. I think it was uh, Ftab Perval, the mayor is his name. He took the Twitter and said, all right, that was a good one. Good looking, Casey. And then when uh, Travis and his brother Jason on the Eagles did their New Heights podcast like a few weeks later, Jason was like, well, Travis, you know he apologized. And Travis was like, oh, okay, respect then. Uh, you're not a jabroni. Or I guess he called him he called him a jabroni, and then he called him a weenie on the podcast. And he said, okay, you're not a weenie anymore. But, Tra- I mean, Travis Kelsey, we could do a whole podcast on him. He's, like, one of the most entertaining, I think the most entertaining player in the NFL. But um, I don't know, though, the, the Burrowhead comment, I mean, like, where does that kind of rank, though? Because, I mean, Burrowhead was, like, a big talking point for the Bengals, like Mike Hilton, who was the first one to say it. And then the Chiefs, like, took it personal. I mean, Chris Jones took it personal. Willie Gay said that nothing impressed him about the Bengals' offense, even though he wanted Jamar Chase's jersey for whatever reason. Ironic. Maybe former SEC guys. But, I mean, like, just how funny was that? Like, I honestly think, like, just the way Mike Hilton came up with it on the cuff, uh, off the cuff, I mean, in Buffalo, I just thought that was good. Like, would you have thought of something like that? Like, if you were them? I mean, would I have thought? I don't know. Um, like, Bur- you know, I, I, didn't, like I didn't even think about, like, Burrowhead. Like, that's like, you know, I, I, that was so good, and I didn't think of it. I think the, I, I don't think, the the way that I would kind of look at the, the comment Burrowhead is that it will be fodder for however long Joe Burrow is in the NFL and plays in Kansas City. Um, you know, like they, like I said, you know, they're scheduled to play in uh you know they're scheduled to play in Kansas City in 2023 and in 2024 um you know there's a to be determined AFC West team in 2025 that's on the road so like if if they play there's a shot they play three straight years of of games in in Arrowhead uh of these next three years so I think the kind of lasting impact of that is not really going to be like you know the comment about Burrow it's just going to be how long that that is going to last, how long that that phrase is going to last, which I think, you know, if you have a, you know, kind of a phrase that has some staying power like that, that's, that's pretty impressive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's the thing is like, I mean, let's say the Bengals do win that AFC championship game, whether they win or lose the Super Bowl to the Eagles, like Burroughs 2-0 at Arrowhead with both games in the playoffs in the AFC championship to be specific. Like, I mean, of course, that would change if he were to lose there next year, you know, in that regular season game, or if they play in the playoffs again at Arrowhead of all places. But I mean, the the Burrowhead comment would look pretty good on Mike Hilton like that. I mean, obviously backfired because the Chiefs got their revenge. But I mean, if they win that game, Mike Hilton's looking around like, I told you, 
I told you. But sp- speaking of that game next year, obviously the NFL schedule hasn't come out yet. It's going to be a good bit before we see it come out. But, you know, with this game, I mean, I think people are looking at this Bengals-Chiefs game and saying, hey, that should be the opening Thursday night game. But then you have some people saying, oh, what about an Eagles um, – Chiefs rematch, like kind of like how the Broncos and Panthers, they both opened the season against each other the year after um, the Panthers lost to Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. Like, I mean, it's not impossible. Could see it happen again. You know, that wasn't long ago. I mean, would you make this your season opener? You think Eagles, Chiefs will take precedence? And if that's the case, like, should the Bengals play them on Sunday night, Monday night? Where, where in the season do you think that game should fall? Middle of the year? Late in the year? Like, what do you guys think? I'm not a schedule maker. Um, I mean, I think it would make sense guess. Uh, to open the league, the gate, the league, you know, year with them would be uh, fitting. Otherwise, I mean, I think you're talking about a high-profile matchup on a, on a Sunday night. Um, I think that would be the the most, you know, where you get the most eyes on it. So that would be the probably the um, you know next best thing for for the you know TV audiences. Yeah, and I, I think you know as you kind of look at the schedule, there's, I mean, I mean it's because it's you know Thursday night football, Sunday night football, and Monday night football are now all on different networks, right? Um, you know, Thursdays yeah. ESPN on Prime Games, Sundays NBC, Mondays ESPN and ABC. So I, I think that there's going to be some kind of um, you know some kind of push pull there because you know again, not only do the Chiefs have the Bengals and the Eagles on their schedule, uh, I mean they host the Bills. They host the Dolphins. Yes. They they obviously have their AFC West opponents. The Chargers played them in really fun games last year. Like they they've got some fun games. So I, I don't think it necessarily like I don't I wouldn't be surprised. I think the Super Bowl kind of made the uh, that that matchup against the Eagles a really a really interesting one um, to to kind of kick the season off. Just especially kind of the way that that game ended. Um, but you know with with seemingly the league's insistence to try and make Thursday night games not complete and total crap. Uh, I think that you would you would kind of look at a Thursday night game maybe uh, at at some point because I mean when you have those three teams on your schedule Cincinnati Philly and Buffalo I mean is CBS going to want part of that because CB like CBS is probably going to have to push for you know I mean that that feels like a, a Nance Romo game at four thirty one of those games like, oh yeah th- there there's going to be there's going to be some some unique and you know the Eagles have that Fox game because they're they're the road team so you know does Fox want there so th- there's going to be a lot of uh you know a lot of a lot of people to feed at that table this year with the Chiefs so i mean I, frankly like i think you could make a case for pretty much any single time slot in primetime thursday night uh sunday afternoon at 4:30 Sunday night, Monday night, like I, nothing that they play next year or no time slot that they play in next year would really surprise me. Yeah, when you look at – I mean, Nance Romo makes sense because the regular season game last year in Cincinnati was a 425 kick, and that was a Nance Romo game. But then when they played in Cincinnati the year before that, the year the Bengals made the Super Bowl, uh, that was a – I'd have to go back and look. I think that was actually – no, it was at 1 o'clock. It was a 1 o'clock game in Cincinnati. Um which was a thriller. That was the game the Bengals clinched the AFC North. Yeah, a lot, a lot of cats to feed. A lot of cats to feed at the table, like you said. But, I, I mean, it's going to be a great game either oh, way. Wait, Thursday. a lot of cats to feed at the table? I don't know. Cats, dogs, whatever. A lot, a lot of people to feed. You, you know, you never heard people say, like, oh, he's a cool cat. Like, maybe that's just my street lingo. Like, oh, that, that's my cat right there. 
Nobody says that. <laughs> Nobody says that. You never heard, bro? Like, that, that, that's street lingo, bro. I mean, some places, that's street lingo. Come on, now. Not like, he's a cat. cool cat. You never heard someone say, hey, that's a cool cat. I mean, cat. I've heard that, yeah, but the no one ever says a lot of cats to feed. A lot of mouths to feed. <laughs> you know, because it's kind of like fat cats. You never heard the term like fat cats? Like, oh, you got a bunch of fat cats like that are hungry. Like, these are some fat cats. Fox, CBS. These dudes are like fat cats that are trying to get their revenue. Like, that's what I mean. A lot of cats to feed. That's not how that works. That's not how that phrase. <laughs> yeah, that's... Well, I just said that's how that works. I just made my own uh, version of English, which is my my um my high school english teacher mr dixon probably is going to hear this and go off on me one day but it, it's okay mr dixon um i still got an a in your class so i i was a good good enough student i think um <laughs> back to reality though um just to kind of wrap up so i i mean again like this is going to be a great call it a rivalry or not it's going to be a great matchup i think 2023 that game's going to be fun just to wrap up a little more free agency talk, even though we're kind of uh, out of the woods with free agency. Uh, the Bengals make another signing, one that Andrew is familiar with, Terrell Basham, uh, defensive end. He's played with four different teams in the last six years, most recently the Tennessee uh, Titans. Played with them last year, and he comes over to Cincinnati. Uh, this was just reported right before we got on the pod, so I guess that's pretty good timing. Um, Andrew, I want to just jump to you. I mean, you covered this guy at Ohio, um, and now you're going to see him again six years later, I think, is uh, how long it's been since you've covered him. I mean, what do you, what do you think? Is this uh, is it good that the Bengals are adding this depth? Uh, is there anything to take from this? And, Mike, I know you were saying you wanted to see some edge rushers added in free agency. Do you think the Bengals made a right move with this? Either one of you guys want to go ahead and lay it out? Well, I, I think the the first thing with, with Terrell Basham is that, you know, he, he's obviously not going to come in and – and be a guy who is immediately an impact edge rusher. I mean, you're talking about a, a depth guy. Um, you know, he had a, you know, kind of a limited 2022 with Dallas and, and Tennessee. Uh, you know, before that, you know, he was he was pretty active on special teams in, in Dallas and, and uh, New York. Um, you know, he, he put up a couple sacks a year. So I think, you know, you're talking about a guy who, you know, he's going he's gonna to be a special teams contributor, uh, in, in particular spots. And, you know, you're talking about a guy who, you know, you hope you can get three sacks from four sacks from kind of just kind of, kind of coming off the bench. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, it, it, you needed, they needed to do something at, at pass rusher. I still think, you know, th- this really doesn't change anything. Um, but you know, I, I mean, if you can get kind of what he was in, you know, that 2021 season where he had three and a half sacks, uh, you know, played a decent amount for the Cowboys. I think uh, I think you're feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, this is not um, going to move the needle. Um, I mean, you know, if you're looking for bargains, I'd try to find a veteran that, want, you know, like who's out there. Robert Quinn is a guy that's out there. Can you get him for a cheap amount to just rush the passer? Um, I mean, that's something where I think he makes an impact. This is just to add depth and a, and a body. Um, you know, Frank, Frank Clark's still out there. Um you know, those are the impact signings that I was kind of talking about. This is just sort of a, a bargain to sort of add some depth. I, I don't, um, yeah, I don't see much. I, I don't think this is what I was uh, kind of talking about when I was talking about adding a pass rusher. Yeah, I mean, no, obviously, I mean, he'll be the farthest thing from a starter, but it's just interesting because obviously we, we talked about it. Like, that is going to be something they should address, which is, you know, like Duke Tobin said, they need more juice at the pass rush. 
gives them a little bit of juice. Not quite the juice you're looking for, but maybe that changes with the draft. And that's what we're going to talk about all of next week and beyond. We're going to actually, finally, I know I said this yesterday. I lied. I said today we'd get into our mock drafts and stuff. We're going to get into that next week. Talk about the best positional fits for the Bengals at edge rusher, tight end, you know, any position that we've talked about that the Bengals have to uh, fill a need for in this year's draft. But we hope you had fun on this Friday edition of the Straight to Stripes podcast. Uh, these kinds of podcasts are always my personal favorite. So glad you all joined us. Once again, for myself, Andrew, and Mike, I'm Mohammed Amar. We'll see you next Monday. Enjoy the weekend and stay dry.